From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion email show for Christmas Day, December 25th, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined this week by my good friends, Kathy Worling, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In the peanut gallery, Teresa Eccles and her son, Max. We'll be playing your voicemails and reading your emails in just a bit, but before we get started, I wanted to remind you that if you would like to send us an email, you can fill out the feedback form on our podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com or email us directly at podcast at wdwinfo.com If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can give us a call toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662 or you can record one yourself by following the tutorial that we have on our show notes page. Uh, just a couple of other housekeeping items. I want to remind everybody that we are looking for Disneyland correspondents to report on the show in 2009 if you live close by the parks in Anaheim or visit them regularly. We would love to have you as a potential correspondent. You can uh, send us a voicemail. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience at Disneyland, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. You don't have to do a formal review. We're not going to play them on the show. Just kind of want to get a feel for how you sound and what kind of knowledge you have. So you can uh, call that into the Toll-free number again, 877-310-9662, and we will be taking submissions for that uh, until about the middle of January or so. Looking for about two or three people, so if you're interested, you enjoy Disneyland, and you'd like to share a little bit of that with us here on the show throughout 2009, we'd love to have you. And uh, anything else that I'm forgetting? Other than Merry Christmas, everybody? If you're listening on December 25th when this comes out, all right, then we will go ahead and get started with our first voicemail. It comes to us from Jeff in St. Augustine, who has some questions about a birthday surprise for his wife. Hi, this is Jeff calling from St. Augustine, Florida. I'm planning a special birthday surprise for my wife coming up in March, and I was considering we're going to be going to Epcot and doing the Segway tour at Epcot in the morning, but then I was considering going to Le Cellier Steakhouse for dinner or perhaps even the Coral Reef at the, the, the pavilion there. I was considering the Coral Reef because on your one of your March shows, as I was catching up with some of the old shows, it was the email show back in March. I think it was March 25th. One of the callers called in about uh, with a, a, a cast member appreciation, and she talked about her son's birthday and how they made arrangements to have a customized menu for him and have a diver come into the tank and hold up a sign that said happy birthday and, and all the neat things that they did for that. However, I was looking on the website, and I saw Kevin's review of the Coral Reef. It was two years old, but uh, he didn't give it very high marks at that time. And I know that Kevin has also uh, not been favorable with Lacellier with the changes that they made and some of the things that they, they've done with his experience with the uh, his dinner slash uh, 
priority seating for the candlelight processional. So I was wondering about either one or both of those restaurants. I was also um, in this planning process. I'm uh, planning a surprise. We're having some friends. I'm having some friends fly in from New York as a surprise for my wife. So I was considering carting my wife off to uh, a spa, one of the spas on the, in inside of Disney or at the Swan and Dolphin. We'll be staying at the boardwalk, so we may just go over. I mean, may have her just go over to the to the uh, Swan and Dolphin for the resort, the spa there, or maybe to Saratoga Springs. I'm not sure which one you would recommend. And have her there for a couple hours while I go to the airport and pick up our friends. And then I would have them in the resort room when we get back. And when I pick her up, there our friends are and a big surprise to her. So so I was planning that also. And we're also planning a, a dinner at Victorian Albert. So I was just wondering if there's anything that I might be missing or any additional things that I could do. And specifically, uh, Kevin's review of... The Cellier and Coral Reef, and if there's any updates to those, or if he has any other recommendations besides those two restaurants. So if you could let me know, I would appreciate it. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you very much for uh, for that, Jeff. Before Kevin comments on the restaurants, I, I do want to say that uh, I think it's a good idea uh, sending your wife over to the Mandara Spa over the Swan Dolphin. I was actually just there not too long ago. And I can tell you that uh, it is a great spa. They have some fantastic services. It is definitely on the pricey side. You may you may find that the price points at the Mandara are a little on the high side. The uh, product they're using is Elemis and Lotherapy, which as a spa snob, I can tell you are uh, really, really good products. And uh, that's why it's a little more expensive because it's the uh, same product they're using on board the, uh, the Disney ships. Uh, both of these spas, the Vista Spa on board, the Magic and the Wonder, both use uh, Elemis and Lotherapy products, and they're really top-notch. Your wife will love it. And it's just it's a really nice. What I like about the uh, uh, the Mandara Spa is that they've got that uh, they've got a great balcony overlooking the uh, the fountains uh, in the back of the Dolphin and uh, facing the Swan. It's just really nice. It's a really nice place to sit. And you can sit out there and have tea, and they have all these nice tea and flavored waters there for you in between therapy sessions. Have her get a facial and a massage. She's going to love you forever. But uh, as far as uh, as far as far uh, restaurants are concerned, I'll turn that over to Kevin. Before you go there, I want to mention the Coral Reef has discontinued the specialized menus right. and the diver and the diver. experience. That's so right. don't get your hopes up for that. I haven't been to the Coral Reef in a while, and it's time to go back. However, it's probably not going to be for a while, till after the first of the year. Uh, reservations in almost all of the Disney restaurants for the next week or so are kind of tight. So it'll be something we do in January. Uh, I, I think there's a misconception about what I said about La Cellier. I think La Cellier is a great restaurant. I think no, That's not true. I think La Cellier is a good restaurant. And I think it's a nice choice for a birthday dinner. I was disappointed in the fact that they changed some of the things that we loved. And by changed, I mean instead of having a tomato stack of sliced tomatoes and slices of mozzarella cheese, you got a slice of mozzarella cheese and a slice of tomato, and they still called it the stack. And they charged you more for it. So you were getting less for more. That's my problem. It was still good, 
you just got less than. And I also gave mm-hmm. them credit for the fact that this was Christmas Eve. If you want my opinion and you're going to uh, Epcot and you want to surprise her with a birthday dinner, my choice would be uh, Chefs de France. I'm right there with you. I was going to say the same thing. As a matter of fact, I'm having dinner there Wednesday night and then going to see the Candlelight Processional. So that would be my choice. As far as Coral Reef, I it's been two years since I've been in there, but it was... We're still scarred from the experience. <laughs> my hard to go back in. The sad little crab cake. Uh, it, well, my food wasn't very good, and the atmosphere was really noisy high school cafeteria with fish. And I will let <laughs> I will let you know if I think that's changed. Again, just be patient. But there are, in my opinion, better choices. I will say that the uh, the reviews we've been hearing on the site and from some of our listeners in recent months about Coral Reef have definitely been more positive than the things I've been hearing in the past. There was a time where Coral Reef was pretty much widely considered to be the worst restaurant on Disney property. It was a consistently bad experience, consistently overpriced, uh, consistently serving bad food, bad service. And uh, that was kind of in the vein of what Kevin ended up experiencing. And uh, I know that uh, that particular review, that uh, Coral Reef review, was the review that launched Kevin's career as a food critic on our show. That's uh, when people started really paying attention to our show after that review. Uh, the sad little crab cake had everybody uh, had everybody laughing. People still talk about it, and uh, Coral Reef is forever known as the, the home of the sad little crab cake, which they, if I'm not mistaken, right after that review, they changed that. It disappeared. It disappeared. I'm using my powers for good instead of evil. <laughs> <laughs> as far as her birthday surprise, I have a suggestion. Instead of having the people you're bringing in just wait in the room for you, I think you should... Have them do her spa treatment. <laughs> oh, have, them give her, have them give her a facial. Foot rub. <laughs> um, have her run into them, like maybe do it in the lobby or somewhere else, mm-hmm. and have them sort of stumble upon, have her stumble upon them, rather than having them all in the room waiting for her. I think that would be cool. Yeah, that would. To so walk around and say, "Oh, I recognize that person. They look familiar to me," and then have them be there for their birthday. And if you're looking for more things after a spa treatment, importing friends. Dinner at La Cellier and Victoria and Alberts. She might be a little overstimulated. Let her relax. Okay? <laughs> really? Talk about spoiled. Really? Because you, you got next year. You're a good husband. This. You're a good husband. Thinking yeah, about next that year. <laughs> really? You got to well, talk no, you this know, next year. You, you got to give. You got to give Jeff points for really caring about uh, surprising his wife and giving her a special birthday. Um, I give. I give you high marks for that, Jeff. Really and truly, I do. If Jeff sets the bar too high. It just leads to disappointment. For the rest of us. <laughs> and for her. Next year when they're having macaroni and cheese on their sofa. <laughs> watching Survivor. Here are the slippers you wanted. Surprise. Surprise we're not doing anything for your birthday. Really? We spent everything last year. Great. Well, thank you very much for calling in, Jeff. We appreciate it. Who has an email they would like to read? I do. Ha. Ooh. It was a tie. <laughs> but I'm bigger than she is. I don't know. But she's but she's with child. I'm gaining on you. She, but she, she's with child, so we'll, yeah. let her, we'll let her go. She gets special parking spaces. Leave her alone. Hey, not everywhere, by the way. Okay, whatever. Not enough places. And this holiday is all about the women with children. <laughs> yeah, really? Are you going to do a Posada processional for us? <laughs> no. There is no room for you here. We don't have a, a donkey at home that I can ride on. <laughs> anyway. 
Corey has to go back to New Orleans to pay taxes. Blasphemers. <laughs> really, my feet are feeling a little warm. This is from Sarah Chapman, and I don't know where she's from, but she's Happy Holidays podcast crew. This question is mainly for Julie, self-serving. <laughs> But she would also love to hear anyone else's opinion. I really enjoyed your store tour segments, and after your Captain Jack encounter browsing for jewels in Disneyland, I knew you'd be the right person to ask. We're traveling to the world in January to celebrate my birthday. I would like to shop for jewelry in Disney World for my gift. Where is the best place to go? I don't really want Disney jewelry, but something unique as a keepsake. My first thought was the World Showcase. Good first thought. And I can't remember which countries have jewelry. We've done Pick a Pearl in Japan, so I'd like something different. And I don't think that <laughs> the Pearl Jewelry Store in Japan would fit my husband's budget. You're probably right about that. <laughs> so, yeah, those Mickey Motos can get expensive. Yes, very. Um, my suggestions, I just suggested each place that does have jewelry, but I'll let you know my favorites. Um, China is one of my favorite places to look. I actually don't own anything from there, but they have a lot of coral and jade. Um, if you're into those stones, this they also offer the largest selection of gold jewelry. I'm not sure if you're a silver or a gold girl or both. And they also have a, um, a selection of some crystal jewelry. But if you're looking for something that's a little more expensive or a real gem stone, that would be your coral or your jade. And then in Norway, they have a nice selection of sterling silver jewelry, in my opinion. It's mostly by Hasla. They do have a couple of others. Now, their selection has gone down in the recent past, so you may have not as many things to choose from, but they do have some unique items. In the UK, sterling silver is um, also what you'll find. Kit Heath is one of the designers. Now, some of these are going to be like off-the-wall jewelry, and then you have some that are in case. So you kind of have a selection of both. In Germany, you'll find mainly crystal jewelry, but some of it is by Swarovski. And as you know, if any of you have ever been to a Swarovski crystal store, that's some gorgeous pieces. Some really and sometimes stuff. very expensive. So you just have to kind of look around. And then if you're looking for something a little more, um, I don't know, I guess casual, Mexico, their sterling silver selection is nice and it has a lot of turquoise with every color. They have blue, green, and yellow. And then in Italy, you'll find um, Venetian glass mostly. But it's by San Lorenzo and Antica Marina. I hope I'm saying that right. I actually own a piece of Antica Marina, and I love it. Um, I might got mine in Venice, though, so sorry. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so you have Murano, it Murano glass? Um, it's, I don't know if it's Murano, but it's Venetian. So it could, I guess it could be. But those would be my suggestions. Most of your shops in the theme parks are going to be the Disney jewelry. So the World Showcase is going to be your best bet. And those six countries, in my opinion, have the best selection. Great. Because some of them don't have jewelry at all. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Julie. I actually have... Oh, no, Kevin, go ahead. I'll let you go. No, that's okay. You go next. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'll twist your arm. I have a short email. Mine is from... It's a little person. <laughs> Mine is from Bernie in Winter Haven, Florida. Bernie. Hello, uh, Bernie. Hello, Bernie. Uh, Bernie spells her name, I believe it's a her, B-U-R-N-I-E. Bernice. So she says, I was so glad Kevin was surprised by the people that showed up at Mouse Fest that have not posted on the boards. I did not attend because I thought I would not... 
be welcome, as I am a listener and a non-poster. I will attend next year. Thanks, Kevin, for everything. I, again, am self-serving and only reading emails that have my name in them. <laughs> but I wanted Bernie to know that everybody was welcome. Absolutely. I apologize that you Absolutely. felt that way. And what I meant was uh, there are people who I, we interact with on the boards quite frequently, and we've all become very friendly. So it's great to meet people that you've interacted with. However, I was surprised by the number of people who approached me and said, listen, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. And it was great to put... It was it was a nice surprise to know that there were that many more people out there. I, I wasn't surprised by some of the people that showed up. They said they were coming, and we knew that. But it was really a nice surprise to meet people who weren't as vocal and as active. You know, there are. Um, I've always known there. Are, you know, there are a lot of people that visit wdwinfo.com that do not go to or do not post on uh, disboards.com. In fact, the number of people who lurk on the boards outnumber the number the people who post by about three to one um so there uh it, it actually makes sense that the uh the audience that we have there's probably a very large percentage of them that don't post on the boards and actually you know we'd love to hear from more of you well actually um, one of in the voicemail things- and email and and of course i'm sorry kevin let me just say that you know again if anyone felt that because they didn't post on the boards or that we didn't know them from the boards that they're not welcome at anything we do, then I am really, really sorry. And I'll go out of my way to make sure that in future events you guys know that you are always welcome. Everyone is welcome when we do these things, whether it's the Toy Story Mania party, the podcast cruise. Um, or a live Fest, recording again. If we- live recording, exactly. Any of that stuff. Uh, this, is not, this is not a click here. And if it is, it's a very inclusive click that everyone's welcome into. So. I was just going to take that a step further. One of the things I kept hearing was that they find that the boards can be a little intimidating for new people. And there are some places on the boards that can be a little intimidating. I'm intimidated by some of the places on the boards. <laughs> However, one of the things that we hear over and over and over again is that the Diz Unplugged board is one of the nicest places to hang out. The minute you post and tell people that you're new... You immediately have new friends. They welcome you. They get you involved. And we would like everybody who's considered going to come and say hello. And we've talked about this before, and now it's become this sort of in kind of a private joke that just because the thread on the board has a, a subject, if you go 10 posts into it, it's not the same subject, <laughs> so right. you really have to pay attention. They get hijacked fast. It does, and it usually involves pie, cake, or brownies. <laughs> so those are the subjects that everything reverts to. Pie, cake, or brownies. Um, please, come join us. Come say hello. And we're I'm there a lot. How many people at the event came up to you, and we, I would say to them, well, who are you on the boards? And they would say, well, you don't know me. I don't post. Right. So absolutely come and see us wherever we are. Please. Great. Well, thank you for the uh, email, Bernice. Thank you, Kevin. I have one here from Bruce in New Britain, Connecticut, who asks, Hello, my friends. My question for you guys is, have you ever dined at Victoria and Albert's? I wanted to go there for years, but my wife is saving that for our 25th wedding anniversary, which is two years from now. How big is it? What is the scoop on the chef's table? Is it worth it? Hi to you all. Thanks for the great job you do. I really look forward to the shows every week. Uh, Bruce is also known as Beastly on the boards. Um, Victoria and Albert's is not a huge restaurant. Um, I couldn't estimate the number of tables, but I'll tell you, it's uh, 
it's not it's not a massive place i have uh, i have not done dinner in the restaurant portion of um victorian alberts but we i have done uh, the chef's table and i can tell you it is tremendous it's a great experience i mean you're literally back in the kitchen and uh they have this area set up you know even though it's in the kitchen the area they have set up looks like a you know, a nice dining area and they've got a beautiful table and linens and, you know, so it's not like you're just like sitting at a spare table in the back of the, like, you know, like the, like the dishwasher. Um, and, uh, the chef comes up to you and, uh, they, they do prepare a menu for you. And, but the chef comes up and asks you what you like. For example, when Walter and I did it, um, the, uh, the chef had fish on the menu, which I don't eat. And I told him, I don't eat fish. So Walter got the fish, and he prepared something very special for me. Um, they give you a copy of your menu. They'll give your wife a rose um, at the end of the meal. And when I tell you, it's a spectacular meal. I mean, it really is. And it's literally the chef comes to your table, and you tell him what you like. And he'll tell you what he's thinking about preparing for you. And it's very interactive experience. So... I would say absolutely, and I think the price of the chef's table, don't quote me on this because I'm not looking at it, but I think it's about $175 per person. And that may seem steep, but when I tell you the experience you, get, you, you end up having is so good that it's worth every penny, especially if you're looking for something special, something different. Um, it's a, you know, definitely something I, would, I would, uh, would suggest. And they don't just do chef's table at... Uh, Victoria and Alberts, they also do it at Citrico's. There's the, um, oh, what's the name of their room there? They have the private dining room, and I can't think of the name I of it. I can't think of the name either. Um, I've done that one as well, done pretty much the same way. That's a pretty spectacular experience. Um, so there are options, but uh, I, would definitely, I would definitely recommend it. So, okay. So thank you for writing in, Bruce. We're going to have... Uh, we're going to do play our next voicemail. This comes to us from Michelle, who has questions about spreading someone's ashes at Walt Disney World on an upcoming trip in February. Hey, Pete, Julie, Corey, Kevin, and John. This is Michelle. Who's Mimi? Who's Mimi on the board? I mean, she thinks it's love funny. Love the podcast. <laughs> and Kevin, love the rants. Keep them up. Okay, Kevin doesn't do the rants. I do. And I think it would be better if your name was Mimi's Pooh. This question might seem a bit odd, but I really, really need your help with it. My husband and I are going to Walt Disney World in February, and we're taking my sister-in-law and her grown son. My brother Shane passed away just a couple of weeks before your friend Bob did, so I can really feel your pain in this matter. Anyway, we've taken my brother's ashes, and they've been spread from the mountains to the ocean, on rivers and lakes, the forests, everywhere that my brother loved to go. And we want to take him to Walt Disney World with us and spread a little my brother at the happiest place on earth because he loved the mouse. So my question is, is this too weird? Have you heard of anybody else ever doing this? Are they going to kick us out of Walt Disney World if we do this? I... I'd really love to do it for him, and we know it would just crack my brother up to know that we were doing that, but 
I also don't want to get booted out of Walt Disney World. So, if you could help me out with this, I'd greatly appreciate it. Merry Christmas and God bless all of you. Take care. Well, thank you for the voicemail, Michelle. And I can tell you that uh, uh, there are laws, um, pretty strict laws here in Florida, about spreading ashes. And uh, to answer your question, if they catch you, Doing it at Disney World, yeah, I think they're going to have something to say about it. Um, it's not something you're allowed to do. We uh, looked into it. Uh, I wanted to spread some of my dad's ashes at uh, on property, and uh, the response we got back was pretty emphatic that it is not allowed. Now, is that to say that it's not done? I'm sure it has been at some point, but uh, if you're asking what the official uh, stances no it's not allowed and there are uh, there are laws about uh, you know the uh, uh, how do I put it delicately the the disposal of remains um, in public places and so I you know I, I, I and I'm pretty sure that especially if you were in a theme park and tried to do it and you were caught I'm pretty sure they'd eject you from the park to be honest I don't think they would uh, take that lightly yeah there's a story um that was out a couple months ago about a woman who supposedly uh spread ashes on the pirates of the caribbean ride and what happens is that becomes a biohazard yeah because you're releasing biological material you know person's been incinerated and whatnot so who knows how far you want to take that but that's the level that it's at and that they would have to shut they shut the ride down and sanitized it so yeah it's uh you know, I, I know the uh, I understand, I, and I really do understand your uh, your desire to do it. It was one of the first things we thought about when uh, uh, after my dad died because he he loved it down here, and I would have loved to have done it. And you know, could I have gotten away with it? Probably, but what's you know why you know why risk it? I think it'd be easier doing it in some like the Seven Seas Lagoon. You know, you rent one of little boats and you go out where nobody can see you. And but again, I'm pretty sneaky when it comes to stuff like that. And so. it's not illegal and it's not. Yeah, proper. it is illegal. I mean, it's, uh, the bottom line is it is illegal to do it. I would um, uh, I would rent a car and put it in the ashtray so that this way it travels all around the world, gets to meet new people, and no one will be the wiser. <laughs> you is that not right? are. <laughs> Sorry. You're too twisted for school. You really are. Sorry. Too twisted for color TV. I also think it's if it was something you wanted to do, even though we've told you that what their stance on it is, it would be easier to do as like on Bay Lake than it would be in It's a Small World. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but I, I want to be really careful to make sure that I'm saying it is illegal and we are not encouraging that you do it. In fact, I'm really encouraging that you don't. Um, it's uh, If you get caught, it, it could just... It, it, could, it could end up creating problems that you don't want, that I'm sure your brother wouldn't want, um, and that would ruin an otherwise important trip, especially if it's the first trip you're taking since your brother's passed. I don't think you want to spend it dealing with issues like that. Um, and, uh, you know, that's just that's my opinion. Um, but I would really strongly recommend against it, because uh, if you get caught, it could be, it could be problems. So from that, we're going to move on to our next voicemail, which is going to be a segment I like to call Listeners Gone Wild. 
You guys wanted me to delete these, and I decided to put them all together. Oh, so they called in from there. This is the this is some of our listeners calling in from Mouse Fest during their drink around the world. <laughs> and uh, so lightsabers ready. So starring starring Mindy Ursula's shadow. Here is some of our listeners, and listen to the progression from these four voicemails. <laughs> As they as it went downhill from uh, from the start. Hi, Pete and the gang. This is Mindy and the gang uh, doing the drink around the world, and we don't know why you're not here. We got the. Okay, I'm just going to stop right there for a second. <laughs> um, let me think. Why wasn't I at the drink around the world? Um, was I was working? No, that wasn't it. Um, I had to get my hair done. No, that wasn't it. Oh, that's right. I just came out of rehab. Wait, before you start, this is great. This is like that drunken call you make to an ex at 3 a.m. <laughs> I want to act it out. <laughs> Love it. Hello from, from uh, Alex telling us that you called and wouldn't even talk to us. So everybody say hi. Hi. <laughs> You're missing a great party. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Love you. Meow, Pete and the gang. This is Mindy calling again, and we've made it all the way into China. And we're still upright, and wish you were here with us. And I'm just going to put the phone so everybody can say hi. Hi, <laughs> See you soon. Bye. Bienvenue, Pete and the gang. Uh, I'm calling from Italy. This is, this is, this is. Mindy. Oh, Mindy. Um, Bienvenue is French, uh, right? Ursula's Shadow. Oh, wait, it's on my shirt. Okay, Ursula's Shadow. From, from the, from the, you know me. Um, anyway, just wanted to call and say, hi, we miss you. And everybody really misses you a lot. So everybody's going to say hi uh, one at a time. Here's, here's Aaron. Here he is. Hang on. Hey, Pete, just passing the phone along. Hey, Pete, it's Tanya. Hi, Pete, it's Brandy. Hi, it's Annette. Hi, it's one of the Kims. <laughs> Hi, it's Chrissy. Ciao, Ben. It's Maury and Rick, the bead pirate. And this is Rick, and I was just looking at this naked statue of Poseidon and thinking about you. <laughs> Hi, it's Christine. Miss you. Hi, Pete and the gang. It's John, three guys and a gal. Missing you here. Hi, Pete. It's Cat's Cradle with three guys, Miguel. Can't wait to meet you. Well, that's everybody that lasted this far, anyway. Um, so we're going to see you uh, tomorrow. Bring <laughs> 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 Motrin. Uh, <laughs> stay, stay out of the damn way. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Hello, Pete and all the podcast crew. Three guys and a gal here. Just thought we'd check in at the end of our day with a drink around the world. Well, I've got Mindy's phone because it's the only way I could get your number. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're going to have to take Mindy home. 
Because <laughs> things just, uh, they just got out of hand, you know. <laughs> so anyways, thought we'd say goodnight and say we'd see you all tomorrow at the Big Mouse Meet. Yeah, right. So anybody, everybody's going to say goodnight now. Here they are. Good night. Good night. Okay, guys. Be ready. <laughs> Will, bring a weapon. So anyway, good night. We'll see you all tomorrow. Bye. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> Did you guys really think that I wasn't going to play this on the show? <laughs> because every one of you, each one of them came up to me individually at Mass was saying, listen, uh, we made some phone calls yesterday <laughs> from that guy. You might want to delete them. <laughs> okay, I have a question. Is anybody scared that we're going to be trapped on a boat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I got, uh, I got a kick out of listening to that. And... Uh, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys calling. Really, um, oh, drunk dialing. That's hilarious. Drunk dialing. Yeah, just you know, thank you for thank you for getting me back in touch with gratitude. Um, they I say even worse now is drunk emailing. <laughs> <laughs> and God knows I've done my share of both. I like how she forgot who she was after the third call. Yeah, really. It's on my shirt. <laughs> Oh, all right. Who has another email they would like to read? Oh, I have one from Emily, and she is Emily Mad on the boards. I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about the sea racers that are available to rent. Where is the best place to rent them? How much are they? Is there a weight limit? Do you get wet, assuming you don't fall in? Um, Well, don't drink drink and go sea racing. Yeah, really. um, Yeah, these... These are um, the little boats. If you've ever been to Disney, you've seen these little boats riding rod- around everywhere. They, um, they're two guests maximum. There is a weight limit, a uh, combined weight of 320 pounds. Some people call these mouse boats, uh, but they're made by uh, Sea Ray. You can rent them at uh, several of the spots on property, downtown Disney Marketplace, Caribbean Beach, Yacht Club, Fort Wilderness, Resort and Campground. Old Key West, Coronado Springs, Polynesian, Port Orleans, Riverside, Wilderness Lodge, Contemporary, and the Grand Floridian. My favorite place to, to run them is the Polynesian. You, uh, The best views, in my opinion. They are $32 per 30 minutes. So if you say you rent it at the Polynesian and you want to go take the boat to Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, ask them how long it's going to take because it might take you 30 minutes to get there. And then you just tacked on an extra 30 minutes to get back. They do offer discounts for DVC members, 10% discount, and annual passes get a 15% discount. On these, a child must be at least 12 years old and at least 5 feet tall to drive the Sea Racer. And that's about it. And all, dri- yeah, all drivers 18 years of age must provide a valid ID with birthday. Birth- birthday. So cool. that's the Sea Racers. I did this one time. At the Contemporary. And they give you this little lesson beforehand about what to do if you have problems. And one of the things you're supposed to do if something happens to your boat, you're supposed to raise both hands straight up in the air. (laughs) And I got it into the middle of Bay Lake, and my boat stopped. (laughs) So I sat in the middle of Bay Lake with my hands up in the air waiting for someone to come rescue me. Well, this German couple thought it was a game. 
And they, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they, telling us they kept pulling up next to my boat and they would sit there and raise their hands and they were jabbering at me in German. And I just kept saying to them, no. And I kept making the symbol that my boat broke and they thought it was the most fun. And then they would get going around in circles and spin the boat so they could splash me. It <laughs> <laughs> was my only episode with the sea racer. So, so you never went back and I never did. Again. I was never traumatized. Went and tried that again. No, yeah. I was traumatized by the whole thing. Yeah, you can get wet. And I've seen people flip these things too. But they were trying to flip them, mm-hmm. just being idiots. I forgot to mention, though, um, if you're between 12 and 17, you're going to need a, a parental or legal guardian to sign for you. Cool. Well, thank you for that, Corey. Who else has an email they'd like to read? I'll read one. It's from Victor Scarappa from Free, Freeport, Maine. My family is visiting. That's where L.L. Bean is. Yeah. Is visiting Disney soon after Christmas. Are you a Christmas. lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> a little random info there. Boy, it's I, like it just fell out of them. I love L.L. Bean. I drove past it. Didn't you can go never in. have enough duck boots. <laughs> I'd like to send my son and wife for the backstage tour of Disney that is called the Keys to the Kingdom. I understand the requirement is for youth to be 16. My son is 14 and nearly six feet tall and very responsible. Is the rule hard and fast that youth be 16 to tour backstage, or is there leeway? And I'm pretty sure isn't an insurance requirement that they, they have, have to, to be, be 16. 16. Yes. We don't care how tall he is. I think there's something else. I think they put that there because you see things that they're afraid could ruin the magic. So, yeah. So do you think... The, the, I mean, it's still hard and fast. Yeah, he's Just, not going to be able to go. I, right. I mean, no one asked me for ID, so they must have assumed I was over 16. <laughs> they did. I was 44 <laughs> at the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, <laughs> Is this Kathy's helping? Like <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great tour. Um, maybe you need to wait the, the two years. I mean, it's really a great tour to take, and... I guess that is true that, you know, maybe you see something. Because I know some people were bothered when they see backstage things. To me, I think that's part of the magic of Disney is being able to see how they, they do some of the things. But how they put the show on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when you go, like, sometimes when they take you backstage because it's so crowded and people get upset about that, I just think it's so neat that when you, like, go from one area that's so intensive in the theming and then you go behind a building and it's like the parking lot. So Yeah, they and they just don't want the kid to be surprised and see something they weren't supposed to. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not hard. It's not like the crying game. You know, they're not going to say anything <laughs> like that. But they might see something that might disturb them. So they... <laughs> There is an obscure <laughs> reference. Yeah, really. Jeez, you guys are hard to talk. You got a bunch of uh, you got a bunch of listeners googling the crying game right now. <laughs> and so he goes on to say, if you were trying to um, book a special event for a fourteen-year-old boy, what are your thoughts about alternatives if they can't do the backstage tour? Fourteen-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> a mani pedi at the Mandara Spa. It's a mother and son, right? They have toes. Uh, it's a father and a son, it looks oh, like. Oh, okay. Father and son. Even better. Go fishing. Something yeah, like male bonding over a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, memories. <laughs> yeah, you and Big Al, huh? <laughs> How about the steam train? Is that 
If you guys are into trains. If they're into trains, it's an excellent tour. It's very cool. And there's probably Yeah, I would have no- hated that. <laughs> there's a little bit of uh, backstage in that, too, but it's not uh, on the same level as the... Get him a sea racer. Mm, Could Germans. do that, too. How about the Segways? Is that... That's probably I a- think that's 16, too. That's 16, okay. yeah. There's an age limit on that. Okay. So he says, thanks for the great show. We enjoy the heck out of Parasailing. it. Parasailing. Best Victor. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure there's no age limit on parasailing. Put four-year-olds up there. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming their heads off. Oh, all right. Thank you very much for that, Kathy. All right. Our next voicemail comes to us from Rufio in Washington State, who called in to tell us about a video he and his friends made inspired by... Patrick Dempsey's dancing skills in the movie Enchanted. So here is Rufio. Hey, this is Rufio from Washington State. I just wanted to say I love the show. And Dude. I just woke up. I was curious if I could um, make a shout out to this video I found. Uh, it's called The Patrick Dempsey Dance. It's on YouTube. Uh, if you search for it, The Patrick Dempsey Dance. It's about these guys making fun of uh, the movie Enchanted and how uh, this awkward white guy, Patrick Dempsey, dances at the end of it. So just go and type in the Patrick Dempsey dance to YouTube.com and laugh. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you very much, uh, Rufio, for calling in and uh, putting down the bong um, long enough to talk to us. Um, and uh, I thought it was really cute. We're going to have a link to uh, the Patrick Dempsey dance. I just showed it to the guys and gals but here dude, at the table. You didn't leave any contact info. It's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> really got all duded up there. <laughs> if you want your T-shirt, you're going to have to send us an email. <laughs> So, all right. Thank you very much again, Rufio, for calling in. Who else has a, an email? I have one. Mine is from Stacy in Smithsburg, Maryland. I have two questions that have been bugging me for a while. How do you decide who is on mic and who is in the peanut gallery? I thought it was determined by who had a segment and how many microphones were available. But this week there were nine people on the show, so that blew my theory. Uh, well, Stacy, what happens is Pete makes us all wait outside, and then he <laughs> opens the doors like it's festival seating at a concert, and we fight for the microphones. No, they're um, the five of us who sort of join every show as long as we're here, mm-hmm. and we have one open mic, and that depends on who has a segment or not. And then we let well, that's that that's kind of true. Um, for the for the several for most of the time, we we have just the one open mic, the sixth seat. Um, that we rotate out. Uh, sometimes it's Kathy Whirling, sometimes it's Walter, sometimes it's Teresa. It depends. Um, but I also j- uh, did uh, put a microphone back in the peanut gallery now so that in case they... Yes, we can speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can whisper. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, just in case you know someone in the peanut gallery actually needs to chime in, that's why I put a mic back there. But no, technically, I mean, it's, it is, you know, if somebody's got a segment, um, they take a seat at the table. Um, normally, that's how it works. 
and the peanut gallery is just, I think, a lot of times who's with us. Yeah, who's so, here? Who we found hitchhiking. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think Max didn't have school today, and his mother wanted to make sure he didn't get in trouble. Yeah, she's <laughs> watching him. Being forced to sit here with us. As he's waving. It's a radio show, Max. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see you. And Stacy had a second question. My second question is about the voicemails that you played a while back on good Disney customer service experiences where callers talked about their exceptional cast member stories. Are you going to bring that back at any time? It was so wonderful to hear such fantastic cast member stories. I think we're going to turn off the uh, voicemails now after that drink around the world segment. I don't think we're going to allow anyone to call in ever again. We have some, uh, uh, we may bring it back. I may uh, start doing it again. Um, We're going to be doing some uh, different things uh, starting early part of next year. Um, I've got some plans for, you know, beginning of every year, I usually change the show up a little bit and uh, start making some adjustments and adding some things. So we're going to have some different things uh, that callers are going to be able to call in and share with us. Uh, that may be one of them. I'm not sure, but we have uh, we have some ideas. So I'll keep it in mind that you're interested in us and having us bring that back. I think we have so much to do and we have so many good ideas that sometimes we just can't do them all. It's tough. You know? It's tough. But We should have cast members call in and tell us what crazy things guests have said because guests say some pretty stupid things. Hey, that's, that's a good That's a great idea. Guests say the darndest things or something like that. I love that. If there are any cast members listening, actually, yeah. I want to share your crazy guest story. Or they, they, sh- they shouldn't have to identify themselves. No, they do not have to identify themselves at all. Like when I was working at Blizzard, I mean, they you get the dumbest questions. I'd be sitting around the the, the creek lifeguarding, and they, how, how, do you, how does Disney make this creek go downhill constantly? <laughs> uh, or, is, or does this? Can I, can I get to was Epcot from here? Yeah. <laughs> was that Rufio? At Magic Kingdom, at what time is the 3 o'clock parade? Oh, yeah. Tons That's of a classic one. My favorite was I wasn't a cast member at the time, but I was on the monorail, and there was a woman talking to her daughter, and this was during the year of a hundred of a, a hundred million dreams. hundred million dreams. What was that? <laughs> what was that celebration? The year of a hundred million years. Whatever it was. hundred years of magic. And she's sitting there talking to her daughter about it, and she said, look at you know how wonderful this is and how beautiful and all the resorts and everything. This was much different than when Walt Disney built it 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, do I correct her? <laughs> Probably not. No, just leave her in her ignorance. <laughs> exactly. I have a friend who used to work for SeaWorld, and her favorite question was, how often do they paint the whales? <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I'd love if there are any cast members listening who want to share some uh, some some humorous guest interaction stories. We'll um, keep your identity secret. We will absolutely, <laughs> absolutely protect your identity. Feel free to change your voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pixelate your picture when we put it up. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you for that. Any other uh, another email? I do. It's very dark in here. Turn the light on. No, that's okay. I just rather complain. <laughs> Mine is from Suzanne in Peabody, Massachusetts. Suzanne says, I'm a longtime listener and a huge fan of the show. I finally have a question and I need your help. My husband is an incredibly picky eater, so when I travel to Walt Disney World with him, meals are always a challenge. I would love a table service meal every day. He would prefer a grand total of zero. (laughs) We uh, meet somewhere in the middle. I still have to choose the restaurants carefully to make sure there is something he will eat on the menu. 
which leads me to obsessively pour over your menus on your site. My question is this. Very often, restaurants will have different lunch and dinner menus. I was wondering if you eat at a restaurant at dinner time, if you could order something off the lunch menu. Specifically, I'm talking about one thing that kept popping up over and over, a cheeseburger. My husband could eat a cheeseburger every night for a week, and I'd be happy as a clam. Many restaurants will have a cheeseburger on the lunch menu, but not on the dinner menu. Do you think if he asked, they would prepare, excuse me, do you think if they asked, they would prepare a cheeseburger for dinner? It may be a shot in the dark, but if that is the case, it will open up a lot of more, a lot more possibilities for us. Thanks for any help you can give me. Uh, Suzanne, I would tell you that your very, very best and first line of defense would be to talk to the restaurant when you make your res- when you go in. I find that almost every restaurant we dine on on Disney property is willing to do anything they can to make sure that you have a good experience. I have ordered off the dinner menu at lunch. I have also ordered off the lunch menu at dinner. One of the things you may find is that a lot of times restaurants will have a very different dinner menu and they'll do what they call close down the lunch menu items. I can't believe that a cheeseburger would be that hard to prepare. But if there's a, uh, if there's something on the lunch menu that's more involved and has a different set of ingredients, they might not be readily available at dinner time, so it might take you a little longer. I just think if you ask and explain to them that your husband has certain dietary, if the word might not be restrictions, but dietary choices, I'm sure they'll try and help you. Absolutely. I would just make sure that you were honest with them. Tell them that you know he's not eating any of this and that you would like to stay and could they accommodate what he would be willing to eat. I mean, we've had them, we've gone out with kids where they'll only eat buttered noodles and we've had restaurants make buttered noodles off, you know, out of nowhere. Or Teresa's children that will only eat chicken fingers. (laughs) So, and I've told you my mom has certain dietary restrictions that, and nobody's ever blinked an eye. Everybody's been very, very, very accommodating. So just let them know. Especially if there's a burger on the lunch menu. I can't imagine it's any big deal to walk to the freezer or refrigerator and get a burger out and... Put it on a grill for him, so I wouldn't worry about it. Great. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. Who else has an email? I have one from Jennifer in Berkeley, California. She has kind of just an informative email here. Um, she says, as always, Mulch, Sweat, and Shears, the cover band that plays year-round on the streets of America at Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios. That's a mouthful. It really is. playing New Year's Eve. Um, the shows are very popular, so she suggests arriving early. The show times are 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 10 p.m., and 11 p.m. There will be a fireworks show beginning as close to midnight as possible. And she says, yes, they are playing a show with fireworks. It's going to be awesome. There are a few new surprises this year, including a bigger band and some new material. She also writes that Mulch has a big following, including a large number of videos on YouTube, a Facebook fan page, and their own CD under the name Los Lawn Boys. So I thought that was kind of cool, and apparently she is a big fan. She's a late singer. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's a groupie. (laughs) So I thought that would uh, be something nice for people to know for New Year's Eve. Something different. Nice. Nice. Thank you for that, Jules. I have an email. Mine's from Donnie in Lafayette, Louisiana. I discovered something this past November that I wanted to share. On our last night there at Walt Disney World, after five days in the parks, including a night at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, we had dinner at Kona Cafe. 
We had parked at the Ticket and Transportation Center, and it being a particularly cool night, we, we decided to take the monorail back to the TTC from the Poly. We arrived at the TTC just as Holiday Wishes was starting at the Magic Kingdom. We were pleasantly surprised to discover that if you stand at the archway to the ferry boats, you have a wonderful view of the fireworks. They even pump the sound into the TTC so you don't miss anything. Okay, you missed Tinkerbell. We all agreed that this was the perfect ending to our trip and that we enjoyed the fireworks much more from the Ticket and Transportation Center than inside the park at Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. There was only about ten other people there with us, so we could easily hear the music, and we were able to see all the fireworks without any trees or buildings to obstruct our view. This is an excellent tip. It's a great tip. I haven't heard that one before, but that's a good idea. I mean, it's something that we've experienced before. We've done, you know, been in that area and seen it and done it, but... You know, we don't tell people that. We, we tell people go to the beach at the Poly or something, but this is a great place to see it, too. And especially if you want to sort of beat the crowds out of the parks. That's always one of the problems I have with staying until the fireworks at the end is you're sort of swept up in that giant crowd at the end, and it's mm-hmm. just it can be claustrophobic. So I think this is a great tip. It's a great tip. Thanks, Donnie. Thanks very much for that. All right, our next voicemail comes to us from Don, who has some comments about the about Universal's character meals and the character interactions after listening to my review of the Grinchmas Breakfast a few weeks ago. So here is Don. Hi, Pete, Kevin, John, Walter, Corey, Julie, Kathy, and the rest of the peanut gallery. This is Don, or Deep Puck 1998 on the boards. After listening to Pete's review about the Grinch character meal, I thought I'd send in a question or comment here. We are Disney junkies, of course, so we... I want you to know that Kevin is uh, doing the pole dance as we as we speak, <laughs> listening to this music. You do know that Don was one of the flatties, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I who that. followed it? The... Don was one of the flatties who attended Mouse Fest. Oh. Okay. No, I didn't know that. But... <laughs> now you do. Wow. My life is complete. <laughs> always are at Disney World, but we like to spend a few days at Universal. Whenever we go, we always like to stay on site so we can have front-of-the-line access. That's a whole other topic. Um, on one of our first calls when we're planning a trip to Universal Studios is for the Spider-Man character breakfast. And the Grinch breakfast that you mentioned, I believe, is the same thing except for, obviously, at Christmas time. The food uh, at, at the Spider-Man breakfast is the same as Pete discussed. It's not very good. But, however, the reason I called is to talk about the character interaction. And just like you mentioned with the Grinch meal, the Spider-Man character interaction is phenomenal. Every time we've been to this meal, my two boys spend most of the meal discussing crime fighting, how to be a superhero, all the evil villains that Spider-Man has to take care of. Each time we've been to this restaurant, it's been very quiet also, and there's not very many people there. But I just wanted to touch on that topic and let you guys know that that Grinch meal, which I believe is the same as the Spider-Man meal during normal times, how fantastic that meal is, how fantastic the character interaction is, how great Spider-Man does at that meal. And I think uh, it's kind of a hidden gem in Universal Studios that a lot of people don't know about. So, that's all I have. Uh, have fun. <laughs> Did he fall on the mic? What happened? <laughs> Hi, ma'am. I'm here to fix your copier. <laughs> I didn't real. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I didn't realize the music drowned him out completely. 
Because he had a happened where like his mic cut out or yeah, his can... chair tipped over. Right. <laughs> I think he recorded at a Laser Floyd concert. <laughs> Call him Donnie Diggler. <laughs> I'm here to fix your copy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> folks, if you're going to play background music with your voicemails, you got to make sure it's like background music and not like competing with, yeah, Floyd. <laughs> Floyd at Yankee Stadium. That was really, really bizarre. That wasn't background music. That was foreground music. And, but uh, now nah, I agree. The uh, I, I think Universal, in all seriousness, Universal is definitely doing something. Uh, different. They're taking a different approach with their character interaction, especially at the character meals. Um, that I think is uh, uh, is really cool. Is very different than what we're getting normally at other character at other character meals. Makes it a little bit different, a little more engaging. And uh, obviously, people are walking away with a really good uh, impression. So much so that he fell off his chair. Kick <laughs> uh, the turntable. <laughs> So, but I appreciate you calling in with that, Don. And uh, to close up our our Christmas show, um, we have one more voicemail, and this comes to us from Dale in Maryland, who has a suggestion for the Martins in terms of how we should cover the birth of the Martin child on the show. So (laughs) here's Dale. Hi, podcast team. This is Dale from Walkersville, Maryland. Um, Dr. Angleby on the boards. A few weeks ago, you guys mentioned about doing a live podcast from the delivery room with Julie. Um, since Bob's not around, just would want to remind everyone that if you stand to the far end of the delivery room, <laughs> you get a much better view. <laughs> Thanks, and have a nice day. <laughs> I heard that when it came in. I, was like, I thought oh, that man, was that cute. Was, yeah. That's really cute. That was cute, and I think that's a good way to end our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everyone, for sending in your voicemails and your emails. To remind you, you can uh, reach us via email, podcast at wdwinfo.com or toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. That is going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with you again next week, December 31st, with the next edition of the Diz Unplugged. Have a great week, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.